Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Physically, spiritually, and socially. But even before WHO started it, the Bible has already said it. And many, John was making us realize that your body must catch up with your soul. You are spiritually sound. You are doing well spiritually. But your body must catch up. You are doing well materially. But your spirit must catch up. In this, life is very funny. And when I came into this country, I did my, all my statistics. And the woman said, everything is okay, but you are moderately overweight. But I said, okay, I'll work on that. But I remember that my dad died at the age of 93. And um, his weight was an issue. And, but I noticed something that was important about him. Although he was moderately obese, he was spiritually sound. And I felt that all through his life, all through his life of, as far as I knew him, all 60 years I knew him, my dad never missed going to church any morning. He goes to church every morning. And he did it for all over his life, at least for the last 60 years. So you see that your spirit and your body is important for your total health. Paul told the Thessalonian church, he says, that your spirit, your soul, and your body might be preserved blameless. And Jesus Christ told, he says, is life not more important than just your food or your body? If you look around, you find out that a lot of rich people who are wealthy, but they don't have the well-being. And so this morning, I want you to always think about wholeness. I will not spend time talking about what we've said today, but as I look through the Bible and as I look at three lives, I saw seven simple things that would define wholeness. Number one, those who are whole have a heart that is set to seek the face of God consistently. That you might be healthy even as your soul prospers. A heart that is set to seek the Lord's face consistently. Psalm 27 verse 8 tells us, When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto unto thee, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life and to inquire in his holy temple. Men who have stood, stayed in the presence of the Lord, they receive some spiritual vitamins you cannot explain. They are whole, they are healthy, they are spiritually sound, they are intellectually strong, 
there is something about the presence of God. Jesus told them, he says, look, what the Gentiles seek, what do we eat, what do we drink? But say, but you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. David told his son that make sure you set your heart to seek the Lord. And the Bible talks of a man called Uzziah. And that as long as he sought the Lord, in the days of Zechariah, he prospered. He prospered. You see, when you seek the Lord, you know the statement Jesus made. He says, God has given everything to the, in the hands of Jesus. All flesh. There is something about the presence of God. You see, I, I've visited many great men of God. And one thing I noticed about them, where somebody said that when you talk of a great man of God in America, you think about his car and his mansion. But when you talk of a great man of God in the East, you think about his prayer life. But I see most great men of God I've met, they always have one room in their house that they set to seek God. I visited one bishop some time ago, and as I entered the house, the first thing he told me, please, can we go to, the, to his private chapel? And after we have prayed in the private chapel, he took me to the sitting room. How can you have seven bedrooms and not one room to see God's face? I gave an example of Ruth Graham. You know, yes, one of the Graham children. He said all the days of their life, when Ruth, the wife of Graham, was alive, he said every day I wake up, there was no day I never saw my mother on her knees praying. Anytime I wake up, I see my mother on her knees praying. You see, the presence of God is not what I tell you to have. But if you have it, you know it, you carry it along. Your, the Bible says, they that seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. The second thing that I think allows for wholeness is that you must have a heart that is humble in the sight of God and the sight of men. Pride really antagonizes God. In fact, pride attracts God's wrath. And that is why Jesus says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be humbled. And James says, He says, Humble thyself under the mighty hands of God. I don't know what that means. If God's hands is upon you, the only sign I will find is humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hands of God. So the mightier the hands of God is upon you, the humbler you become. And I want to see if you are going to have wholeness. Jesus says something. He says, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your soul. Find many people who have restive who are always striving, who are always getting difficult. And then you see, those kind of persons, their blood pressure shoot up, they have headache, they complain. But the humble man doesn't worry. One day, man, somebody asked for somebody to bring a car, and the man brought a rickety car to pick the man. 
and the car stopped many times. And somebody asked the man, said, why, is, you know, you are such a big boy. Why did this man bring a rickety car to pick you? He said, I cannot grumble. After all, Jesus Christ rode on camels and donkeys. That, that's someone who doesn't want to think about how people treat them. But to stay humble in the sight of God. And if you are going to really have wholeness, if you are really going to have wholeness, everywhere you go, you must be known for your humility. The Bible says in the book of Micah, he has shown the old man what is good. And what does God require of you? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. The third thing I want to say is a life that honors God with all your substance. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of talk nowadays on tithes and giving and things like that. But I found out that if you're going to have wholeness, where riches increase, you must not set your eyes on them. Money must be a tool and not a slave. And the best way to do it is that you must honor God. You must honor God with thy substance and the first fruits of all thy increase. You must honor God. Some time ago, some years back, a church was doing a building project. And I told someone, please, can you assist this church? He said, where will you find that kind of money? How can I find that kind of money? A few weeks ago, he died in the hotel. And there were millions in his bank account. Honor the Lord with thy substance because it liberates you from the obsession that people have because they hold tight to a thing that will flee away. And if you are going to have wholeness, just keep money on that side and honor the Lord regularly with thy substance. Again, I want to say that if you are going to honor, if you are going to have wholeness, you must have a life that, that is regulated by the Spirit of God. An inner control mechanism. Your pace must be regulated by the Spirit of God. Are you going on the fast lane? I was thinking yesterday and I said that I met someone in this country who told me, I walk seven days, seven nights. Then the next week I also walk. I don't even have time for midweek services. So I say, what are you working for? What are you really working for? We are all in a hurry. We are all trying to make ends meet. We wake up in the morning. The Bible says they wake up in the morning, they stay late. But God giveth his beloved even in his sleep. Your pace must be regulated by the Spirit of God. Psychologists talk about an internal control mechanism, locus of control. The world does not control you. Daniel Coleman, the Harvard professor who studied emotional intelligence, talked more about not just having an high, a high IQ, but how are you able to adjust 
to the people around you. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it said that they that trust in the Lord, they shall not make haste. Isaiah 28, 16. They that trust in the Lord, they shall not make haste. God regulates their speed. NIV says, or NLT says, they will never be shaken. ESV says, they will never be in any haste. New American Standard Version says, they will never be disturbed. New English Translation says, they maintain their faith. And God's word says, they will never worry. Is your faith regulated by God? Sometimes I met a young man who told me, look, I've just met a very hot lady. She has everything. And I want to quickly propose. I say, when you are so hot, you need to cool it. <laughs> and I say, the beautiful ones are still to come. You see, sometimes you are in a hurry. You want to make it happen now. Now is the trap that destroys our destiny. We must be cool. We must be calm. We must be collected. And that's where wisdom resides. If we are going to have a holistic life, we must be committed to helping others. You see, holistic life research, all of us found out, in fact, the most recent research within the last five, ten years, I found out that there is a certain level to which if your salary increases beyond it, your happiness does not increase. It has more weight. And I gave an example two days ago in this church of a man I know in the United Kingdom who was a Briton. He was, he was paying a particular amount of money every month. And he said suddenly he had promotion upon promotion upon promotion upon promotion and his monthly salary became so huge. He said, but he kept his life to the minimum level that gave him contentment, and he gave the rest to charity. Are you committed to helping others? Do you look for an elderly man somewhere to serve? Do you tip well when you go to a restaurant? Do you see a veteran who had worked in the army? or worked in the Navy, I said, look, I want to take care of your lunch. You see a clergyman somewhere who is busy serving God. I said, please, can I give you a holiday? Are you kind to your parents? Do you go the extra mile to make other people happy? Are you known to be a giver? Are you selfish with your time, treasures, and talents? And I can tell you, to have a holistic life, to have a holistic life, you must be willing to help. A few, few days ago, I was in the, I was in the two weeks ago, I was in a homeless suite in Columbus. And I came to my hotel room, and I found out that the woman who cleaned the hotel room did it so well. I dropped $20. The whole hotel heard about it. When I wanted to leave, they said I should not leave. As people visited me in the hotel room, people would say, look, this is a good man. This is a good man. $20. Are you giving a helping hand? One day I was in a Bible study, and somebody was said, 
This man was asking for money. He said, you should go and walk. I said, do you know the energy to walk is divine? Do you know people do not make themselves blind? Do you know the fact that you are not crippled, you are not defamed, is not your own doing? Every man's weakness should attract our strength. And so are you ready to give? Do we say thank you to people? You see, somebody was saying that, I, I look at, I notice a lot of people who have solid little education, sometimes they lead to exposure, haven't traveled to many places. I just see them have this kind of fake arrogance. Their parents are no more important. Their uncle, who is not educated, is now so dirty to be communicative to. And of a man who kept someone who trained him in the boys' quarters. The man who trained him ended up being in the house and he in the boys' quarters. It's a true story. Are you going to give a helping hand? Will you buy a meal for somebody? Will you allow somebody else to take a cup of tea before you do, do it? Do you go an extra mile to pick people when, to church? I notice you're always looking for bosses. Can I pick you up on church? That is what makes us children of God. And that's what Jesus said. He said, be like your father in heaven who gives both to the good and to the bad. You see, it seems to me that if you call yourself a true Christian, your benevolence should be more for those who cause God. Because the Bible says the goodness of God leads toward repentance. People do not want to know how much you know. They really want to know how much you care. Are you warm? Are you caring? I give examples from a few years ago. I was in the United Kingdom, and I just breezed into the house of a friend to stay. And it was late in the evening. And the man gave me a bed in the house to, to stay in. So as I normally do, late in the night, I start my prayer, maybe from 3, 4 o'clock. So I started moving around the house to pray. Then I noticed that this friend of mine, himself, the wife, and their baby, I think it was, the baby was less than three months, were sleeping on the floor. I noticed that was the only bed in the house. I called him. I said, it's very unfair. How could you put me on the bed and lie? No, he said, no, no, sir. We've been trained to honor people. And I said, come, sit down in the sitting room. I said, because you have honored, not just me, something is going to happen to your life that will transform you. I had barely left the house. And this is a true story. He received a phone call. And the man said, I'm going to... All the furniture in your room, from the city room, from the beds, I'm going to do everything free of charge. Coincidence don't happen. The more you pray, the more you have coincidence. <laughs> now, the sixth thing, if you are going to live a holistic life, you must keep hope alive. I know some people said, I'm already a prisoner of hope, but good. Keep hoping. Hope is so fundamental to existence and so fundamental to our faith. And that's why the Bible says, Faith, hope, and charity. These are the things that would abide forever. But you see, hope is embedded in a plan. 
You don't just hope without a plan. The Bible says the thoughts I have towards you or the plans I have towards you are thoughts of good to give you a future full of hope. And so when a man is hoping, he is hoping on a plan, on a master plan. You are not hoping in a vacuum. What does that mean? You mean you not realize that your life is not tailored like others. The fact that you are a doctor doesn't mean you should practice medicine. The fact that you're a lawyer doesn't mean you should go to court. The fact that you read theology doesn't mean you should be a pastor. I am more of a pastor than a physician. Chief of Afmaolo, one of the um, politicians in Nigeria said, by profession, I'm a lawyer, or by calling, I'm a politician. Simply what that means, you need to ask God, plan my life. You don't need to take another person's script. Everybody who has a mouth will always give a counsel. And the more mouths around you, the more confused you are. Also, the best thing is to hope in the plans that God has for you. You know, oh, look, I know of a particular way. Hey, what did you read? You can't do this. No, no, sit down and hope in the plan that God has for you. The steps of a righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his ways. And the Bible says, they that hope in the Lord shall not be ashamed. One scripture says that you should overflow with hope so that you should even be a distributor of hope. A Christian must be an incurable optimist. The man of God says, I know that a Christian is hallelujah from the head to the top. The challenge to the circumstances of this life is our cheerfulness. And that's why Jesus says, when you see all these things happening, be cheerful. And finally, if you are going to maintain a holistic life, you must always strike the home button. I like the home button. The home button is the button that takes us back to reflect on our life. The home button is the, is the button that takes us to retire and ask ourselves fundamental questions. The home button is the button that allows us to recalibrate when things seem to be hazy. The home button is the button that allows us to remember where we started from and the blessings of the Lord in our life. The home button is a time when we report back when our life is getting disorderly. God told one of the Ezekiah, it says, set thy house in order. The Bible talks about another king, another uh, Ahitophel, when he had given a wrong advice, the Bible said he went and he set his house in order. You don't wait till you die before you set your house in order. You must always press the home button. Come back to the fundamentals. Come back to the essence of life. Come back and ask yourself, why? How? When? Come back and ask yourself, what am I doing all this struggle for? Come back to your God. In the house of the apostles, the Bible says, repent and be baptized that you might receive refreshing from the presence of God. Pressing the home button is repent. Many people rather repent, they react. 
they resist, they regret, they, are, they show remorse. But repentance is knowing where you have gone off from the path of life and then coming back to God so that you can be refreshed and restrained. Humbotting will tell you that just going around in the night from one bar to the other, no, no, come back to your wife, come back to your children. Humbotting will tell you just going about having sex everywhere. What if you die in a hotel room? Come back to your wife, come back to your children. Humbotting will tell you, look, I don't just want to get all the wealth in this life, build all the houses. But what does it profit a man? if he gains the whole world and loses soul. Benjamin Disraeli says, he says, youth is a mistake. Manhood is struggle. Old age is regret. I want to encourage you to think holistic. Think holistic. Not just your prosperity in the physical, or yet your prosperity in the spiritual, but think about being intellectually sound. Keep your head, keep your heart, keep your home. Can we pray? I want us to talk to the Lord this morning. Or maybe you are listening to this word, maybe online, and you haven't come back to the God who created you. Or you are here today, you haven't made a commitment to Jesus. Personal commitment. I want you to just do it in the quietness of your, as you are sitting down listening to me. And say to Jesus, please be the Lord of my life. If he's not Lord of your life, then he's not Lord at all. Jesus can never play a second fiddle in the life of anyone. Or maybe you have not thought holistic. You think about real estate, houses, cars, you know, popularity, fame. But you don't think holistic. Maybe there's a time for you to press the home button and say to God, recalibrate my life, reinvent my life, refresh my life. Almighty God, I thank you for the mercies that come from the presence of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Although the society stumps us and divides our life. I pray, Lord, I would always think holistic. I pray if there be any of us that have fallen out of your path, we may come back to you. I pray you would give us strength and power to live for you. I pray for Pastor Gideon and the wife that this church will continue to move to greater heights and that revelation of the word of God will not be missing here. Pray that all the staff and the members of this church will experience the true prosperity that does not leave holes in our mind, in our bodies, and in our hearts. Pray, Lord, that you will teach us to number this, that we might give ourselves a heart of wisdom. I ask this in Jesus' name. Now, um, some people ask me that I didn't bring a lot of books. The books I bought had finished. 
since I came in. But you can always get to Amazon.com and all my books are listed there. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Prof. God bless you. God will continue to strengthen you. And